Hi, I'm Greg Eland with Reynolds & Reynolds, and this is Connected. I'm really excited about the conversation today. I'm talking with Emily Iberly, who's a partner manager at Uber, and Anthony Montero, executive vice president of integrated partnerships at Draver. Uh, Anthony's been on the podcast before. Emily's a first-time guest, but uh, we've been working on for quite a while and just announced a partnership between the three companies, uh, Reynolds, Uber, and Draver, uh, that'll essentially allow you to schedule a ride for customers straight from the DMS. No reason to go anywhere else. Um, It's a really powerful partnership and I'm excited to get into the conversation with them. But before we do, uh, Emily, Anthony, hoping you could uh, introduce yourselves a little bit and uh, we can dive in that way. Yeah, hey, everybody. Uh, Emily, why don't you? Yeah, why don't you go first, Emily? Sorry, it's it's always it's always interesting when you have two people that you're talking to. You know, a group of three, um, because then everybody just looks at each other. Who, who should answer this question? But so, Emily, go ahead. <laughs> All right, thanks. Uh, hey, everybody, I'm Emily. I work at Uber. Um, I've been specializing in automotive partnerships, and so I'm very excited to be here today to talk about uh, Reynolds and Reynolds and Draver and the way that we're teaming up together. Hey, everyone. uh, Anthony Montero here with Draver. Um, Many, many years in the auto industry and and tech side, been working very closely with both the Reynolds and Reynolds and Uber team uh, on this partnership. And we're uh, really excited to roll it out uh, upcoming here and uh, really excited to be back on the podcast. Yep. No, thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. And, and with this conversation, usually, you know, we might, might ease in a little bit, but I kind of want to dive right in, uh, if you guys don't mind, because the, the part of this that, that strikes me as something that, um, if I'm a dealer or I'm a consumer, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is, why do I need this, right? Uber is super convenient. Um, the consumer can order right from their phone. They're in control. It costs, what, 10, 15 bucks probably. You're not going very far, likely. Um, so if I need a ride, uh, why not just do it myself, right? Why do I need to rely on somebody else? So I don't know if, if one of you um, wants to jump in there, but you know, I think of you know, in a sales background, uh, I think of the old Ben Duffy question, right? If I were you, then and and that's the first thing that pops into my mind. Like, why why does this matter? For sure, I think I I could take this one, Anthony, if that's all right. Um, so. Uber for Business is here uh, for dealerships. So they can leverage the largest mobility network in the world to create a seamless transportation experience for their customers. Um, And I think that dealerships need this because it's it's important for the dealers and it's important for their customers. From the dealership perspective, dealers are very well aware that, you know, every touch point with a customer Um, can have a direct impact on CSI and their bottom line. So by providing a stress-free transportation experience, dealerships make it more convenient for their customers to get to and from the dealership, which can reduce the hassle of finding transportation. And it increases the likelihood that customers will return to the dealership for future service or car buying needs. Additionally, utilizing Uber helps dealers control their costs. So dealerships only pay for the rides booked and allows dealers to reduce their reliance on shuttle services and their loaner fleet. So not only are they avoiding the cost of maintaining shuttles or loaners with Uber, but they're also eliminating the hassle associated with things like upkeep, insurance, maintenance, liability. And, and you know, lastly, dealerships love our network. Shuttles and loaners are a fixed supply at a dealer, but with Uber, they can supply, you know, as many rides as needed without being limited limited by 
their shuttle or loaner availability? Maybe a long-winded answer here, but I uh, <laughs> want to talk about the customer perspective for a moment because I think it's important. Uh, from the customer perspective, customers know and trust Uber. You know, and today's tech-savvy consumers have higher expectations. Shuttles might be perceived as, you know, inconvenient for those multitasking customers. And beyond that, uh, they could have longer wait times, multiple stops, limited availability. So with Uber, we're offering that those customers a quick and convenient experience they already use in their daily lives. You know, it's private, safe, and it takes them directly to their final destination. And they can track the trip in their app, just like they're used to doing in their personal lives. Um, so to sum it up, I think Uber has made traction in auto, and I think auto needs Uber. We're not only a great fit for dealerships, it's because we're a really good fit for their customers as well. All right. So how does how does that work then? So that that clears it up a little bit. But so the, the consumers, allowed to, they're able to track the, the ride coming, you know, in their app, they'll see everything. So I guess, how does that work? So I'm, I'm put myself in the consumer seat, right? And yeah. I mean, I, I'm party of one, but I, I think most people have probably used Uber at this point. Right? <laughs> it's not uh, yeah. not a revolutionary idea anymore. Um, and in, in my head, I drop the car off, I pull out my phone, I open up Uber and I request a ride. Uh, and that's pretty straightforward. Um, now the dealership can do that for me. They can, they may be able to do it. Maybe talk a little bit about you know when that happens. Do they offer it at the appointment? Um, and if so, then how does that connect? So how how am I as the consumer notified that a ride's on the way? Or because you know in in my head when I think through requesting an Uber, I, I request the Uber and then my phone's there and I see when that driver's going to be there. Right? It's going to be a silver Toyota Camry. It'll be there. Uh, license plates, you know, X Y Z one two three four. Um, it'll be there in seven minutes, and then you know I can track it. So, what does that experience look like if somebody else, a dealership, requests that ride for me? Sure. So the customer gets a text message. So dealership has all the customer information. When the dealer orders a ride for the customer, they get a text that pops up on their phone. And the great thing about the Uber Central product is the product that's integrated is that you don't even need to have an Uber to take the ride. So. If you have an Uber, a link pops up on your phone that says, hey, track this in your Uber app, and it just opens the app, and you can see it there. But if you don't have it, you'll get updates via SMS texting on your phone to say, here's that silver Toyota Camry that's on the way. Here's your driver's name. They're about nine minutes away. So you get those SMS text updates if you don't have the app or if you don't want to open the app. There's a way to, to track your ride that's coming. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so, you know, you mentioned the dealership only pays for um, the rides that are used, right? Which which makes complete sense. Um, are you seeing, and, and Anthony, I don't know if this is a question for you or Emily, but are, are you seeing dealers pass that through or are you seeing dealers pay for that? Um, do we do we know yet? So it's a, it's a yeah. blend, right? Um, and I guess before we answer the question, like what, what is Draver – have to do with this part of it, right? Like why, why is Draver here? Well, what well, happened? Actually, Anthony, Anthony, do me a favor. So just maybe start with, give, give me the, the 30 second spiel on, on what Draver does in general, and then we can fit sure. into, you know, where they fit it, where the company fits into this conversation. Sure. So, so Draver is um, essentially a vehicle and people movement platform. 
Um, we we move vehicles. We scaled rapidly in the United States. Um, we're now moving into Latin America and other parts of North America. And what we found is the ability to move vehicles outside of a platform or a truck is very, very difficult. In dealerships, um, uh, to Emily's point, had a really difficult time, especially when COVID came in with shuttle uh, shuttle vans and service valet and service pickup and drop off. And that's really where we fit in. We have 20,000 drivers globally that will actually come and pick up that vehicle and move it. So what our partnership with Uber has been primarily is relocating those drivers, not necessarily always consumer facing moving uh, people, but driver movement, which is which is critical to creating efficiencies around pickup and drop off. But then when you layer in the additional ability to replace those shuttle vans and to quickly on demand, move your customers out of that service department or into your sales department, um, it makes a, a perfect, perfect scenario of a three-way partnership because Reynolds can deliver the platform, which is, which is, you know, as we know, one of the best in the industry and the customers and your customers, which are our customers, it gets confusing. Um, who's the, like, there's the client and then there's the customer, which is the person purchasing or servicing the car. We want to make their lives easier. The requester, how do we make their lives easier? How do we tie it to the, to the repair order and how do we make it seamless so that, um, there's not a whole bunch of different things that the end user has to do, um, in the customer to them, it's simple and easy. And the best part is with this. They don't have to pay for it because most of the time the dealer is picking up that cost um, because it's an added benefit. And it's something that will keep customers coming back to them, which might separate them from their from their competition in that marketplace. Good, good. And, no, that's great. Go ahead. And just to add on top of that, we see that dealerships are covering this almost exclusively for their customers as a courtesy ride for them. Um, especially when they're replacing their shuttle cost or their loaner fleet with Uber. Okay. Um, but it's also, it's a lot of OEMs that reimburse for warranty work uh, consider rideshare as a part of that work that can be reimbursable. So it's another piece of, you know, an RO submission to an OEM for warranty work that could be added on and then passed through to the OEM instead of the dealership. Hundred percent. That's good. So to build off of that, then, do you see a world too in the the not too distant future where so OEMs have a lot of programs, right? They have a lot of incentive programs. They have a lot of things that they encourage their dealers to do. In some cases, require their dealers to do. Um, do you see a world where they would require or incentivize dealers to offer these types of uh, offer these types of rides? I mean, I just I, I see that as the next step, right? If you're doing it for warranty, why wouldn't you do it for customer pay and, and try to encourage that? Uh, we're seeing it already. There's there's yeah. a few OEs already that are they're either incentivizing the dealership to provide a service valet or rideshare option to their consumers, or they're mandating it. And there may be some penalty um, in in your CSI or some penalty that they're uh, imposing upon the dealers if they don't offer it to a certain percentage 
or fulfill it with a certain percentage of their uh, repair orders. Uh, it's happening. Yeah, so, yeah and so in that scenario, so happening today and probably will continue to grow in the future um, without this type of integration where you can do everything from the DMS, it's clearly easily trackable. There's a there's a um, opcode on the RO, right? You can report on everything very simply. Without that, what does that reporting process look like or, or even, you know, that auditing process look like if it were to happen? How, how would a dealer go about proving essentially that they offered, um, you know, ride share or, or some percentage of, of their customers ride share? They simply wouldn't be able to. They, you know, you'd have to keep some sort of a manual log that the OE is not going to accept as proof. They're they're really at this point they want to see tracking data. You know, when when the pickup occurred, when the drop off occurred, whether it was a person or a vehicle, um, who the customer was, the repair order data. So all of that that electronic data is really what they're they're looking for and we you know listen we know that over the years the OEs have been collecting data from dealers for many things whether it's marketing or whether it's vehicle style and color and and customer satisfaction this is just one more data point that they can collect which is good in my opinion because the, the more you offer these services to consumers, the better the experience is overall from a customer perspective. Um, you know, we all can raise our hand and say, would you rather be picked up and dropped off than having somebody follow you all the way to the dealership and, and then drop your car off and then need another ride back on your own dime? Yeah. Yeah. And I would I would present, too, that. Um it makes it easier on the the employee at the dealership too, right? On that service advisor, rather than having somebody sitting there in the waiting room annoyed and walking up to the counter every you know thirty minutes, like I just came in for an oil change. When's my car going to be done? Well, there were fourteen yeah. oil changes in front of you, so i i would I would present that that that's an added benefit too. Yeah, and I mean, there's statistical data that's out there that proves that when when the customer's not sitting in the showroom, if you have upsell opportunity. In that repair order that, um, you know, I'm not, don't hold me to this number, but the last one I read was 30% more, you can, you can increase your repair orders um, by dollars. So um, if my customer is not sitting there looking at their watch and the service advisor sends them a, hey, you need to replace the tires and brakes versus an oil change. They're 30% more likely to say yes, and then that adds to that repair order dollar amount. So it, it's not only good for the convenience of the, the requester or the, the user at the dealership, it increases their their um, bottom line. Yeah, yeah, 100%. We, we see that too, right? When we look at the data, um, when you look at remote approvals, especially, and, and you have to do it right, right? You need pictures, mm-hmm. you need videos, mm-hmm. you need descriptions. You can't just text somebody and say, hey, you know, you want 500 bucks worth of tires. That, that doesn't usually work. But um, if you do it right and you can get a response quickly, and, and it makes a difference too if you can get it quickly, right? Because then if if you're operating via text versus via a phone call where you leave a voicemail and then you play phone tag for four hours and then the customer's mad because they don't have their car back at 430 when they're supposed to um, versus, you know, a text that they can approve quickly it it makes a big difference it really does a hundred percent and with the integration it makes it even easier for that requester because they're yeah. already in the the dms application and it's their day-to-day what they do they press a button it hits our api ours hits ubers we order it the customer the customer doesn't even know 
what happened other than cool i'm getting a ride from this service department because i'm going to get some extra work done and i and i'm now getting a ride home all right in that workflow here's a question that just i, I don't know why it just struck me um who puts in the destination <laughs> right. So like at what point in that workflow? So I, I drop my car off at the dealership on my way to work. I need to get to work. Right. Who puts mm-hmm. one Reynolds Way Kettering, Ohio in, you know, the the Uber app? Is that done by the, the service advisor? When does that happen? So it's yep. oh, go ahead. You want to take it? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, good. so it's it's actually integrated into the customer profile out of the Reynolds system. Um, so we already know their home address. Obviously, we know where they are because they're at the dealership. So that the requesting location is by default the dealership. You right. can reverse them very quickly, right? You can just say, hey, I'm picking them up at their house. But you can edit. So they might say, I don't want to go home. Can you send me to the mall, right? It's going to be... Yeah three hours before my vehicle's picked up. So they can quickly, easily edit the destination of where that ride goes to. All right. So the, the advisor does that though. Yeah. Advisor or okay. it could be, could even be the service appointment requester. It's whoever is facilitating that request to move that customer. It could be in the, you know, at some point can be in the sales showroom where um, you sold the customer a car and um, you took their vehicle in trade and they it's going to be a couple hours to get it prepped. So you're going to give them a ride somewhere. Yeah, that's good. So, um, Anthony, something else I wrote down, you, you mentioned a minute ago, um, this idea of relocating drivers, right? Mm-hmm. And logistics and being in the right place. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping one of you can can shed a little more light on that for me. Pull back the pull back the covers, pop the hood a little bit on. How does that work? And, and again, this is just a lack of knowledge on my part on the Uber network and how Draper fits in as well. Um, but I think about, again, from my personal experience, right, I, I usually get an Uber um, at an airport. That's generally speaking about the, the most common time I get an Uber. Um, but, you know, maybe for a, a sporting event or any time that you're going to just need a ride, I, I suppose. But the times that I've used an Uber for the most part, it's I've needed it in a pretty logical location, mm-hmm. right? An airport. There's going to be a constant amount of people, constant flow of traffic that need uh, need a driver. So that the driver themselves um, would would kind of know I should probably be around the airport, right? Um, or you know a baseball game gets out, I should probably be around the ballpark. Um, so how does this work with relocating? drivers in my head it was always just the driver chose where they were going to be and that's where they were and they kind of used their experience to know where they want to be next but uh maybe not so how how does that all fit together well i'll let, let emily take the statistical data around uber and their yeah. coverage because that yeah. that kind of tails off the question that you just answered and then i'll pick it back up and explain how we leverage Uber to create a massive amount of efficiencies of picking up and dropping off vehicles. Yeah, for sure. So there is a huge volume of drivers on the Uber platform today, and that's enabling us to continue to deliver these like great experiences for our riders. To be a bit more specific at scale, we're talking about 24 million Uber trips that happen every day. So the benefit for Reynolds and Draver here is that this integration taps into that network of drivers. Sure. Um, so, you know, at a dealership, 
There's one other point or one other stat I can share is that Yipit Data recently came out with a stat that Uber has a 74% category position in rideshare in the U.S., which inherently makes Uber an extremely reliable option for auto dealers because, you know, 74% of those rides that are happening are on Uber. Um, so it's not to say like drivers are just, drivers do hang around around the airports, but there are tons of drivers available throughout the U.S. located around the dealerships that will be available for these rides. Yeah, and and that was the reason initially when Draper was was looking at the model of how do we create an efficiency, and it really all stems from we all know that there's in the transportation logistics world there's this thing called a deadhead, right, or a, a trip that ends and there's no way to get back. So let's think of the most, I'll start with the most simplistic one, service pickup and drop off, no loaner car. I have to I have to get the driver from the dealership or to the customer's home to pick up that vehicle. Typically, the standard model is send two drivers. So I'm gonna use two humans and two vehicles, two, two amount of miles on the car and two amounts of gas, right? And then I'm gonna pick up the car and bring it back. And then someone's gonna follow, follow that all the way back. Take the model that driver and Uber have now, which is I'm gonna have the driver go to the customer's house and pick up their car in an Uber, get out of the Uber and then drive the car back. The Uber goes to wherever their next destination is. So I've only, created one leg of a trip where I needed two people instead of all all four legs in this case back and forth where I would need somebody to drive the car because we're we're using that Uber to get the driver either to or from let's say I'm dropping it off I'm going to drop it off uh, um, and then the Uber is going to rendezvous at the customer's house pick up the driver and bring them back to the dealership to maybe do it again here's the more complex one I've got four or five pickup or drop-offs in a certain area. Let's say, let's just take two of them. I'm dropping one off next in your next door neighbor needs something picked up, Greg, let's say. So, in, so instead of coming all the way back to the dealership, I'm gonna bring you your car and drop it off. I'm gonna use Uber to go down the street to your neighbor, pick up their car and come back to the dealership. So I've, I've created this short leg of a what would be a backhaul in that case instead of the entire distance which could be who knows 20 miles 30 miles to go all the way back and then come back with a chase card to your neighbor so it it and i can go on and on but we're able to use the uber platform to connect these drivers together to eliminate um uh, backhauls or chase drivers by up to 30 percent in most cases Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, um, no, a lot of, a lot of interesting scenarios. Um, I, I am still a little bit, I wanted to double click on, on that idea of, um, uh, you know, relocating drivers. Is there any play there for the actual drivers or is the driver kind of independently kind of moving where they need to be? Clearly, you know, as, as you're talking, Emily, certainly, you know, understanding Uber is a huge network and it may not even be a necessity. Um, I just, it stuck out to me as something that was interesting. So I'd, and if, if uh, we just need to move on, that's fine. But I, I was just curious if there's, if there's an opportunity to go down that rabbit hole of logistics for drivers and making recommendations to the driver of, 
you know, hey, there's going to be, as an example, and maybe this, maybe I'm thinking too far into the future, but if I have a dealership and I have um, 17 appointments between 7 a.m. and 9:30 a.m. right mm-hmm. that are coming mm-hmm. in, and um, they all have are either going to uh, drop off or they've requested a loaner. I don't have the loaners, so I can use Uber, obviously, to facilitate mm-hmm. this. Um, is there a way to let local drivers know, hey, there's going to be an influx of rides that are needed from this address um, in this two-hour window? Uh, you, you would be, we, we would advise you to probably be somewhere near so that you could pick these up and take these rides. Is, is any of that either, does it exist today or is it in the works? Um, so, Uber's functionality is supply and demand. So when there is uh, supply, Uber, or I'm sorry, when there's demand for Uber, we will supply it. So when we see that, you know, on the Uber app, this dealership is starting to order a lot of rides, dealers, I'm sorry, drivers will know that they should be around that dealership around this time because there is going to be available rides for them. So not necessarily that we would plan that ahead of time. It's more of a real-time motion of a balance between supply and demand with our supply of drivers and the riders that are ordering those rides, which in this case is the dealership on behalf of their customers. Okay. That makes and, sense. And can, um, I wouldn't say conversely, but because Draver doesn't need a volume of drivers equal to what an Uber um, would have in a marketplace because our, our demand for moving vehicles is significantly less than Uber's demand for for moving people. But what Draver does is we know that there's going to be those, let's say, seven pickup and drop-offs. So what we'll do is try to string as many of those together by connecting them. So when we put our trip out, it's four vehicle movements and one driver can pick up that I a complete itinerary so that one driver driver would have three, four, five, or six hours of work already connected in that one itinerary that they picked up. And they may have the same Uber that follow that picks them up, drops them off and follows them because they're they're in the market. And sometimes they even know each other. But they may have multiple Uber rides that provide that chase for them too. So um, it's, it's a, it's a perfect combination that works in sync and, um, it works almost flawlessly every time. Good, good. Are there any, as we're talking through this, I'm thinking, who is this best for, right? Are there any primary, I guess, uh, if, if I'm a dealer, right. And what, what is a scenario where this is most appropriate for me? I mean, I think, to uh, a metro dealer, it's pretty logical, right? A high concentration of people, in theory, a high concentration of Uber drivers. Um, uh, you know, midsize or even a small size metro probably still makes sense. Um, as you get more and more rural, I would imagine there are fewer and fewer drivers, right? There's fewer and fewer supply when it comes to Uber drivers. Um, so maybe a better way to ask this question is, um, if I'm a dealership, how... Is there a way for me to tell how many Uber drivers are in my area or just just so that I have some assurance if I'm going to market this to my customers, I want to know that I can actually execute on it. Right. So is there a way for me to know as a dealership, you know, on average between because the times they're going to need these realistically are between seven and nine in the morning and four and six at night. Right. I mean, that's that's when this is going to really come to a head in most cases. Mm -hmm. Um, So is there a way for me to see on average in my area 
there are 112 Uber drivers available during those those windows. I I, I have no idea if that's possible. So if I'm if I'm dreaming stuff up, then tell me to shut up. But I, I'm just kind of curious. You know, because uh, that will change all the time. We can't deliver that solid data to say this is what it's always going to be in your area. We cannot control the drivers that are on the platform. But sure. as a dealer, you can get a really good idea by just going into your app. Where is the, how far is the Uber away <laughs> at 4 p.m. on a Tuesday? That's a really quick and easy way to get a sense for this yourself. Because it taps that same driver network. There's no difference. Right, right. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking, is there, is there, you know, one driver or are there 20 drivers, right? If I have 10 or 15 people that are going to need a ride, um, what does my bandwidth actually look like? That's the one thing where I think through this and um, while I'm not advocating for uh, a loaner fleet or, you know, uh, shuttles at all. I think that uh, many dealerships have already moved away from those four more convenient options like we're talking about. Um, but the one thing that, that could be seen as a positive there is is you do have visibility to it, right? You do know what your supply is. You do know what is what is available. Um, and, and maybe the answer is, you know, this is this is something that you kind of have to test out, right, and see. And, and maybe that's the answer. I was just, I was just curious if, um, if there was an, an opportunity, a way for them to, to proactively know this is a good idea for me, right? I know that I'm going to be able to deliver these rides. Yeah, I think, like I said, one of the easiest way to do that is to look at your phone. And maybe I should have been a bit more specific. If the driver's, you know, five, seven minutes away. I think there are, there's going to, and you can see more drivers on there. You can see the Ubers that are in the area. Um, but, you know, if there's one 25 minutes away, that might be a good indicator that there's not a lot of availability at that time in your area. Yeah. And I think anecdotally, if you're in those markets, you'll know, right. You've gone <laughs> out to eat, you've gone, you've tried, you've, you know, if, if there's Ubers available, um, you know, and, and our model is just a little bit different because, you know, until we have dealers in those markets or clients, uh, rental car companies, fleet companies, uh, any business that needs to move vehicles, we won't have any drivers. So there's cases where we go into markets now, especially in these uh, in these new uh, emerging markets that we're going into Latin America and now in Canada, um, we're having to expand our driver marketplace specifically in an area because we have a client. So we're, we play this chicken because there's no reason for us to recruit drivers. If I don't have a business that's ordering, ordering rides, right? Conversely, if we have a business that's ordering rides in, in rideshare, we need to make sure that we have drivers in rideshare available or, or they'll get frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's where, you know, this partnership too, with, with Uber in the mix, um, you know, Emily, having having you and your organization there can make a big impact too. If, I, if I'm reading through the the pieces correctly, you know, Anthony, it's having that backbone of Uber available as well as it makes a huge difference. A hundred percent. It's uh, yeah. it 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 just adds such a a, a robust addition to simply. You know, I shouldn't say simply the, the <laughs> task of moving vehicles. If you can include that chase option in in rideshare to your consumers in all of these things that dealers really, really struggle with from a coordination and organizational perspective, when we boil it down to an easy, simple to use product that we've all done together, right? The, the, the cool thing is that 
we're all really amazing tech companies. We're all really um, uh, consumer facing and want to delight our customers, whether it's the dealer or the consumer at the end of the day, we're, we're focused on that. So we're, we're, we're aligned in trying to accomplish, make it easy for the end user, which is a dealer, and make it simple and hassle-free for the consumer. And when you accomplish that, then it helps the dealers grow, which then helps our products become you know, sticky uh, to them in the marketplace. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, this has been this has been a really fun conversation. What um, I feel like I shouldn't even ask this because I think I've been leading a little bit into the the future. And, and Emily's like, "Why are you asking that? That doesn't we don't do that." But um, I am curious from your perspective, each of you, if if there's anything on the horizon that uh, that you're working on, or kind of what's next. Um, that stuff always always fascinates me, certainly, and uh, kind of where we're heading. I think what we have today is pretty awesome. Uh, we're starting to see you know a lot of uh, demand and an uptick, and and uh, I, I can only see it continuing to grow. But um, curious, you know, what's what's out there on the horizon? Anything else um, from your perspectives? Well, we, we're launching the fully integrated product, as we know, uh, coming up next week um, for Rideshare. Then we're going to launch the next phase of that, which is the full valet product, uh, moving vehicles and people um, with Uber's uh, partnership and the integration. And then um, coming up for us, we have some V2 of our AI, the planning of everything, right? How many, how many chase vehicles do I need to supply through Uber or physically and, and move with using uh, AI as part of the dispatching logic? Um, but um, also, you know, something that I think is, is coming soon, probably 2024 in the roadmap, is uh, the GoMoto. Um, kiosk that Reynolds and Reynolds has. Whereas, you know, looking through the integration, one of the, the early um, designs is to have the ability to select rideshare directly from the kiosk when you bring your car after hours and drop it off to be able to order um, Uber rideshare directly from the kiosk through, the, through that integration. So there's a lot of cool things we can do um, um, with, with this three-way partnership. And you guys are coming up with a lot of new products. I know you're buying uh, new companies and you're expanding uh, your reach. So there's just there's just layers upon layers that we can continue to to build upon what we already have today. And Emily, maybe you have some cool stuff that Uber's launching that that we're not even aware of that you can share. Yeah. So, um, well, for our integration, this is our guest rides product. So that really, you know, helps the dealership replace that shuttle when they're getting a, a consumer back home or home back to the shop. But if, um, you know, at some point in the future, Reynolds, Uber and Draver could explore the vouchers solution at Uber, which really does aim to help replace the, the loaner car. So what a voucher is, it says, hey, you, you'd have to have your Uber app, but we're going to give you $100 or $150 for the next three days because we know your car is going to be in the shop three days. You can use that at will. So I've got $150 in my Uber account and it's replacing the loaner car. I take it to work. I take it back home. I take it to the gym. Then I do the same thing the next day. And that replaces my dependency on a loaner vehicle for the three days that my car's in the shop. 
So I think that could be a great next step for Reynolds to adopt with our integration. Emily, you got to start running and riding to the gym. You don't need a you don't need a car to get to the gym. You know, get uh, <laughs> get that cardio in. What if I live in one of those rural areas where my gym is ten miles away? Hey, that's a ten miler. That's not no big deal. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, you're getting your steps in, right? That's uh, that's Anthony on like you know a, a Tuesday morning at six a.m. Yeah. getting that ten miler in. So that's funny. <laughs> no, good stuff. I appreciate it. Well, um, what what haven't we talked about, guys? That we should anything that we haven't touched on that you wanna you wanna dive into before we before we hop off? Obviously, I want to be uh, respectful of both of your time. I think we talked about, and this is um, just chatting here. We talked about the chase. One thing that we both um, talked about touching upon is how we do use rideshare for roadside assistance. And and on mm-hmm. our side, on the driver's side, we recover drivers. Let's say they're picking up the customer's car and the thing breaks down, right? So we'll dispatch an Uber immediately to rescue the driver, get them back, and then we'll deal with how do we get that car, whether it's on a wrecker or a tow truck or whatever it is. Um, but then Emily also, you know, she, she has some good anecdotes around um, roadside assistance as well. Yeah, I think this could definitely be in addition to those courtesy rides for planned services. Dealers can offer that roadside assistance by dispatching an Uber ride, you know, in that scenario where they've had a car breakdown. Um, We've also seen uh, some dealerships, just different use cases, leverage Uber for parts delivery. So um, parts delivery can serve as another operational efficiency. Uh, Employees don't need to move those parts themselves, which frees up you know, more time for them to send, spend servicing cars and customers. Um, but you know, to your point of what I would love some of your listeners to take away here, at least on the Uber side, is that Uber is making a big effort to meet dealerships on the platforms that they're using today. We don't want you to have to log into a separate system, learn a new thing like we want to be integrated into your existing workflows to make it very easy for your service managers to adopt um so that's what we're trying to do especially with this reynolds and draver integration here um we just we understand the importance of of utilizing existing systems and building upon those and we would like to be a part of that no i love it we uh we talk all the time about you know, building out a retail management system, right? And, and that's something that we've been focused on for for well over a decade at Reynolds is, is how do we create an ecosystem that a dealer can run their business on, right? And manage a retail environment on. And this this is rapidly becoming, if it isn't already, a part of it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so this is uh, really powerful when you think about that as part of, you know, Reynolds retail management system. We're, we're very excited about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it is because, you know, when when we really look at everything that a dealership does from end to end, what we're supplying and what all of our partnerships are supplying is is gaps in which they've been doing either manually or not at all. Right. Or if they've been doing it manually, it's a really, really heavy lift and it's a really drag on on their staff because they're utilizing quality staff like service advisors and sales associates and even service managers to go and do these tasks of, of giving people rides or giving um, or picking up a vehicle and bringing it in for sales or service. Uh, 
with logistics, because even if you use your own personnel at the end of the day to do some of that stuff, if you don't layer it with logistics, it's still, it still becomes wasteful, right? And yep. from Reynolds perspective, think about all the things you do, just inventory management and service and sales and, and, you know, uh, parts and just keep layering it on all of it requires moving stuff around. And, and here we are today with this partnership that really stream streamlines that into, to one interface. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, well, Anthony Montero, Emily Iberly, thank you both very much for your time today. It was a ton, a uh, ton of fun talking and, and catching up. Um, and hopefully we get to uh, get to chat again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Greg, as always. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Greg. All right. Thanks. We'll see you. Well, that was a fun conversation with Emily Iberly, uh, partner manager at Uber, and Anthony Montero, executive vice president of integrated partnerships at Draver. Um, really great partnership we have going on with them. Very excited about it. And uh, I enjoyed that conversation. I learned a few things. Um, and, and like Anthony said, after the after we kind of stopped recording, maybe uh, maybe give a few product ideas to Uber. So we'll see. Uh, before we hop off, don't forget, you can watch or listen to uh, every episode of Connected on YouTube, Apple, or Spotify podcasts. And make sure to hit subscribe so you're notified every other week when new episodes are released. Thanks so much, and we'll see you in two weeks.